Welcome back to another episode of the Grunge Bible Podcast. My name is Chris Salona, and I am here, as usual, with Ethan Shalloway, and we are so excited to be here for episode 136. When we set out to do this podcast over two years ago, we didn't think that we could make it this far. But thanks to you guys, we're here right now, still podcasting in our rooms together. And for that, we're forever thankful. Each and every week, the effort that we put in is only possible because of your support. So thanks everyone for being here as we settle in here for episode 136, the final episode of October. Uh, Another month has come and gone, and this will be coming out on October the 30th. And the spookiness is in the air a little bit, Ethan. You know the rules. Let's open this pit up. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, spooky season is upon us. Yeah, it's here. And episode 136, pretty pretty crazy. It is Saturday, uh, a couple days before the release, but it's releasing one day before Halloween. And uh, I think we've asked this before, but Chris, what are your takes on Halloween? Uh, I think we did a Halloween episode maybe a year or two years ago i don't i don't like halloween it's it's not for me um i don't understand uh, never was it's never really been my thing obviously when you're a kid when you go trick-or-treating um and for the first like first probably 10 10 11 years of my life i lived in a great neighborhood for that um they gave out the full-size candy bars and everything so i liked it then but i don't know uh, college uh, you know whatever and especially now as an adult um but don't ask me what i'm doing later because (laughs) i'm going to a halloween party oh yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, i feel the same way i mean halloween wasn't big in my household no i'm not surprised at that yeah but like we did do it i mean trick-or-treating was fun going out uh, with the friends, I didn't do it like a ton, but when I right. did it, it was always pretty exciting. It's good, it's good in a pinch. And then, yeah, know? college, college Halloween is just like well, college. I mean, all bets know, are off spooky. for the collegiate yeah, Halloween. Yeah, it's very foreboding. It can be. So, but yeah, tonight I'm actually yeah I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, it was totally. a long week actually. There was a, there was a lot a lot going on, yeah. a lot of movement, totally. but we made it. And as you can see, you're having a Narragansett beer. It looks like I am having a Narragansett beer. <laughs> I got this uh, uh, Sprite vodka cocktail I made for the season. Excellent. I got this, uh, this oh. winter winter spice cranberry Sprite. Okay. It's cut up a few limes, and I got nice. You know the vodka right there. If I need to it's refill, very good. So for fun got, because because we got parties later to go to. I'm actually yeah. going to uh, there's a, a brewing company, Trim Tab. It's one of my favorites here. But nice. uh, James Cox and the Mummy, the, the Mummy cats. cats are playing. Oh, they're playing! No yes. way! Are, this is the first time you've seen them, right? Yeah, I think it is actually. I don't think I'm. I don't think I. Every time I tried to go, I missed them. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is the first time I've seen them. So I'm pretty yeah. excited. He puts on great shows. Um, it's one of my favorite breweries, and uh, they got comedians and some other live music. So I'm right. like, let's go. Yeah, that sounds, sounds fantastic. So, that's going to be a good one. So I like that. That's why I'm drinking right now. You know why not? Spooky exactly. Season. Cheers to that. So it sounds like you're you're in a good spot right now today. Yeah. How are you doing today, man? Nice. Well, um, similarly to you, uh, it's been a week. Uh, a lot has happened. I had a little concert situation earlier this week, um, but you know, as we speak to the Grunge Bible podcast, we're recording on a Saturday afternoon, which um, this is one of my least favorite time slots to record. Um, and uh, fate would have it that uh, currently, uh, this is the last like above seventy degree Fahrenheit day that uh, we're gonna get until 
you know, until the springtime, I would presume. So there's no other place that I would rather be to enjoy that day than in the confines of my own shitty little tiny apartment recording a grunge Bible podcast episode. But we, we have a promise that we have to keep. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how nice it is, how shitty it is. We got to get this thing done, Chris. So yeah, here we are. Here we are. We've got some good that's stuff. All right, on because that. yeah, we always do. We always deliver something good and fun. So I hope that uh, if you're listening out there, thank you very much. Uh, it means a lot. And I hope that uh, we provide you with a little bit of entertainment and maybe some things to uh, think about or songs to listen to. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's why we do this thing. So thank you. Exactly. And uh, in particular, we're very thankful for the people that choose to support us in a financial way. Um, and they can do that and you can continue to do that uh, by purchasing some merchandise. The link to that is available as always in the show notes. Um, and additionally, you can choose to become a supporter of us each month on Patreon. Um, as you may be familiar, we have a $2, $5 and $10 per month level. Um, and as we like to do each each week on this podcast, we like to thank the people that are at the top tier. Um, and uh, I have some exciting news we'll get to right after I read this list out. Uh, there is a standing offer to any top tier Patreon supporter that if you become a top tier supporter, you get to see a show with me. Um, and uh, recently we had another top level supporter uh, take me up on that offer. And uh, I'll be excited to talk about that in a little bit. But as it stands <clears throat> right now, our top level supporters are Pile of Punk, Lameller Bone, Gochu John, Eric R. Berry, Deboat, Corden Stewart, Keith White, Sherry Matthews, Michael McCready's Mustache, a little caterpillar up there, uh, Epona, Granny Grunge, Alex Long, Seattle 4 fanboy from New Jersey, Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce, Faith Bittner, Black Hole Sean, Chris LSMS, Nikki Six, Kara K, Rachel Corning, Millie, Doug Endy, What the Fuck's Up, Denny's, The Blue Owl, Fuck Soup, Jamie Lynn, Laura and Irene, Alexis Shannon, Carlene Salona, and Jade Mercado. And uh, as I mentioned, um, I saw Mud Honey just a few days ago with top level Patreon supporters Rachel Corning and D Boat. So it was the first ever meeting of myself and D Boat. We we took in the mighty Mud Honey together uh, at the Brighton Music Hall in Brighton, Massachusetts, and uh, it was a great night. Um, you know, it was my first time seeing Mud Honey, and and they still sound great. Something about the way that Mark sings has led led the years to be very kind uh, to him and the songs sound great. The band's got pretty good energy and uh, it was really, really awesome, man. Yeah, that's sick. I mean, Mud Honey, like, you know, we missed the era, of course, but right. it's such a, I mean, that's a checklist band yes. in, in a way. In a, in a big way, the fact I would that you say. Got to see, yeah, in a big way. And like, I feel like, you know, going into it, you may have had thoughts of what it would be, but then afterwards, you can tell that it was a great experience and definitely was like, and, and a lot of times I find, I find myself in those situations where you, you're seeing an older band and you're like, man, these guys were so important. And, and so at the forefront of, of music scene that I love that, you know, everything they do is like, I don't know, you, you kind of admire it. So I bet you is yeah. really, I bet you is really, really sick. Yeah. I mean, they're at the end of the day, whatever ethos a band presents at the end of the day, they're professionals. And I mean, these guys have been doing this for 35 years at this point. And uh, you can tell, I mean, they are so seasoned and, um, it was just a joy to be able to watch them. Uh, obviously the importance that they have to the scene. Um, you know, mud honey, I think 
it's one of those things that Mud Honey is your favorite musician's favorite band in a lot of ways. And, and I think a lot of people from the era that we talk about uh, has gleaned a lot of inspiration from Mud Honey. And uh, it was just really awesome to be able to stand there. It was a small little venue, like 500 cap venue. Um, so, you know, you're able to get up kind of close a little bit as Ethan pours himself another drink. Uh, here we are uh, yeah. eight minutes and 15 seconds into the episode. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be that kind of podcast episode. But yeah, man, it was awesome. Uh, I recommend I posted a, a video of uh, you got it. Keep it out of my face on the Grunge Bible Instagram feed. Uh, and I listed all of the remaining dates. There's there's about, I think, 16 or 17 remaining dates in the States. Um, so I would highly recommend that if you live in the States, uh, go check out that list. Uh, you can get a ticket and get in and see some Mud Honey action because it was a really, really great show. And uh, you will not be disappointed. Yeah, I just saw a window. I didn't know. You know, once the episode got rolling, I didn't yeah. know if I'd be able to. So well, I really I mean, once I start rambling again, I mean, you could get up and you know go get the mail, and I'd probably still be talking once you once you get back. So the ma- the mail the mailman is here. The but, mailman is uh, here. Yeah. So what was it? What was it like meeting up with D Boat? So that, Dude, that's that's cool. He's yeah. D Boat's the man. Uh, so D Boat reached out to me. I, I forget a little while ago. And he was like, I'm going to Mud Honey, like with, with my boy, like if you're going, like we should totally meet up. And, and you know me, I'm, you know, I'm always down to do stuff like I'm that. Game. So met him at the venue. Like we, I walked in like three minutes before Mud Honey went on. So I missed both of the openers that D-Boat had gotten there a little bit earlier, but um, I evidently the, the second opener Hoover three was, was pretty good, but I, I missed that. So that's okay. Uh, that's Mud okay. Honey more than made up for it. So it was super cool. And I imagine, um, you know, in the in the future, uh, I'll be seeing another show with the mighty D boat. So it's always a yeah, good thing. That's awesome. Yeah, fellowship. Yeah, that's that is re- that is really cool. I'm jealous. I wish I you called me right after the show when you're walking back to the the crib, and I was like, you know, I, I've been getting those calls a lot recently, and I'm like, I've been on a like, good run with shows lately. Shows and fellowship. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah, hundred percent. So you're doing your part, which is great, and. Um, next week we'll be able to go to a show together yes. on Thursday. Yeah, this will be three Thursdays in a row that I'll have seen a show. So, um, I'm on a hot streak right now. Yeah. And you got Sometimes you just got to keep the good times going. And, uh, I'm definitely excited to do that. We've got a wedding of an old teammate of ours in Charleston, South Carolina. So I'll be rolling down to Birmingham for a couple of days on the, on the front end of that, which that's a no brainer. Anytime you have something like that, yeah. you can add some additional time with the, with the, with the boys, you got to do it. Oh yeah. I was deep in thought yesterday, last night. And I was like, I'm so glad that Chris is coming in. And I want to put it out to the people. So we have a, we have to be in Charleston, South Carolina at 12 noon on Friday. On Friday. We have a con- we have a concert Thursday night about seven and a half hours. If we leave right after the show, we can get in, you know, say like 7 a.m. and sleep from like 7 to 12. Or we can come back from the show, nap and leave at like 7 or leave at like 3 or 3 or 4 a.m. and get there like right before. So then our day becomes like you know, 3 a.m. to, you know, 3 a.m. or something, depending on how the wedding goes. Right. But what is the best play? Do we take a nap before we start driving or do we drive and then get there and rest up? I think so that's, that's for the people to decide. Yeah. What do you well, got, Chris? I mean, you know where I stand. I think we have to take advantage of the post front bottom show euphoria and just kind of hit it hard. Um, and you yeah. know, let, let our, let our focus on the road, take us the rest of the way, because we're, we're not going to, we're not going to want to be up against the gun, you know, and it'd be like 10 45 and we still have like two hours to make up. Cause we have to be like there for pictures at 12. 
Um, so I think we yeah. go, we, we grab a couple of hours of sleep at the hotel that we, that we have. And, uh, you know, we, we take, and we're time we, traveling. We're going, we're going ahead in time. Yeah, now. We are time traveling. So I think that's the best way, some insurance, you know, on the, on the back end of it a little bit. So I think we leave once the show's over. Yeah. That sounds, sounds good to me. We'll, we'll make sure we, uh, we do it safely and, and responsibly, of course. Yeah, exactly. We are very safe and responsible did. people. Um, and oh, that's yeah. That's just the way. So this episode is coming out I'll, on October. I'll drink to that. <laughs> I will drink to that too, my friend. Um, this episode's coming out on the 30th, 30th of October. Um, so the uh, penultimate day of the month. And uh, as we've been doing, we're going to roll through a couple of notable events to happen on the music calendar on the 30th of October. Uh, and then we're going to get into the spooky zone. We've got spooky songs, um, spooky bands, spookiest stage presence. We've got a whole bunch of superlatives that we want to hand out. Um, but this is a light day on the calendar uh, of music history, I guess, in terms of what I was interested in. I mean, obviously a lot happens every year, but I don't really care about it. So a I, bunch of tertiary stuff that Exactly. Yeah. So we, <laughs> so, so we picked we picked a couple of things that we thought were pretty important, and we'll kick it off. October thirtieth, nineteen thirty nine. Grace Slick was born, uh, the fantastic singer of the Jefferson Airplane, and later the Jefferson Starship. I love as like the sixties turned into the seventies. There were some changes in the band. It's like airplane's not going to cut it anymore. We got to hop on the Starship and take us into this next decade. So um, if it's you so have cool. never seen it before, I highly recommend Jefferson Airplane's set at Woodstock. They had like the 5.30 to 7 a.m. time slot and they just came out ripping. They were supposed to go on the previous night at like 8 or 9. 5.30 to 7 a.m. Yeah, dude, like they unreal. woke everybody up. And so as the story goes, they were supposed to go on the night before, but like the schedule was fucked because it was Woodstock. So like the entire band just went on like an eight hour bender and then just went onto the stage and just delivered a, a fantastic performance. And Grace Slick is, you know, one of the more dynamic, you know, uh, front women of the, of the, uh, not the nineties, the, the sixties and seventies and so on. So also in her later years has become quite the visual artist, actually nice little piece of trivia there. She's got some really cool art, uh, that she's been working on the last, I suppose now 20, 30 years. So happy birthday to Grace Slick. Yeah, her being born in 39, that puts her at like 84 years old. That's 84. crazy. I mean, that is that is really something that's, else. That's up there. That's old. Yeah. It's funny because like yeah. my, my grandmother is uh is 85. And I'm just like, imagine if my grandmother was Grace Slick. <laughs> <laughs> the math works exactly. out. Exactly. Who knows? Exactly. You know, a lot yeah, of people could be a lot world, of different dude. people. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. In the words of Victor Wooten, if you were put in my situation, you would have turned out the same way. <laughs> we'll get to that probably at the tail end of the episode. We've got a lot to cover. Let's kick it up a little oh, bit yeah. to somebody who's a little bit more of a contemporary presence as it relates to music and is a little bit more aligned with music that we discuss. On October 30th, 1965, the great Gavin Rossdale was born, uh, the leader of the band Bush, responsible for many, many 90s hits. That 16 Stone album is still just an absolute terror of an album it's a really really great album so gavin yeah. rossdale we hope he's 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 out there somewhere happy, celebrating happy birthday gavin yeah. <laughs> on the non-zero chance that you're listening gavin happy birthday <laughs> happy birthday brother yeah. and in the words of drew mcfadden we may hear more from gavin rossdale later <laughs> <laughs> there's always the chance you know there's always a chance that gavin rosdale may come up later in the podcast well, the thing is if gavin rosdale was in our position right now he would be doing the exact same thing as well 
to quote Victor Wooten. <laughs> you just never know. You just never know. <laughs> As Ethan's <laughs> laughing right now, he's not able to speak. Gavin Ross. <laughs> Gavin Ross may show up again in this podcast. Oh my gosh. And you're right, Victor is exactly right. He would be in the yeah. same uh, same position. He would we be are. sitting down to record episode oh. 136. Um, That's so good. One last date or, or moment, an event on the 30th of October that I would like to shout out. Um, I think we've probably discussed this artist at some point uh, throughout the history of the podcast, but. On this day in 2002, uh, Warren Zevon, who was uh, in the middle of the the end stages of a battle with terminal illness, um, he went on David Letterman's uh, Late Show, and uh, Letterman dedicated the entire episode to Warren Zevon. They were really, really good friends, and Letterman was a... uh, in particular, a a very big champion of his music, and um, it is one of the more powerful just periods of time that I think two people have spent, you know, in front of a television audience, um, you know, certainly in the last 30 years or so, because Warren was, was dying and, uh, he had released, uh, you know, he had received his diagnosis and he chose, uh, in a similar way that Gord Downey did when he received his diagnosis, he's like, I'm going to create music, I'm going to play. And, um, you know, the entire interview is just so poignant and emotional. Um, I always think back to that, the song that he did on his last album called keep me in your heart for a while that Eddie Vedder's covered a few times. And, um, it's just such a sobering, heavy, heavy song written by somebody who knows that they're at the end of their life. Um, it's one of my favorite songs and it's something, you know, that I always think about as it relates to the people in my life, you know, if they, you know, when they inevitably move on. Um, and he had perhaps the most famous quote from this, uh, from this interview that happened on the 30th of October, um, uh, Letterman asks Warren Zevon, who is a really funny guy, he asks him, you know, have, have you learned anything, you know, not to take things for granted throughout, you know, your, this diagnosis and your journey. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I learned to enjoy every sandwich. So you heard it from the man, you know, next time you dig into a nice deli sandwich, make sure to enjoy it. If nothing else for Warren Zevon. That's such good advice. Yeah. That's the good. simple things, you know, and exactly. enjoy every sandwich. I like it. Yeah. So Warren Zevon yeah, was that's, a was a, was a giant of his time, and his music is still very significant. Yeah, and it always will be. Oh yeah, we love the lore of, of Warren Zevon. Yeah, we you've, do. Uh, you've been on it for a while now, so. Oh yeah, many 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 years. So and that'll that'll continue. So it's important to to, oh, to yeah. note that today. And uh, if you're not familiar with his music, uh, you know, and even if your only familiarity with him is Werewolves of London, I would definitely take some time to. Uh, you know, sink your teeth into his catalog a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of really, really good stuff in there. He was also, he was hilarious. Um, you know, the song that I'm pretty sure we've mentioned on this podcast before, but it's called My Shit's Fucked Up. Um, and that one's, that one's really, really special and it's hilarious. Um, so I would go and listen to oh, that yeah. one too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely check him out. That That is, that is, I think that's the song of the week, Chris. I yeah, I, I think it was. I think Shit's Fucked Up was a song of the week. One of the originals. Yeah, that was like a, an early run. So the the uh, the the uh, the longtime listeners might remember that one. They might so, remember that. They might. So that wraps up this day in music. Of course, episode 136 of the Grunge Ball podcast is on that list of, of things course. that happened in music history. Um, you know, for this episode, we obviously want to take advantage of the calendar here as we like to do and um you know halloween's around and when it comes to halloween like i feel like i mean costumes and and spookiness is is obviously really important but i feel like what really you know ties the room together 
is the music that surrounds the oh, holiday, yeah. right? The spooky yep. music, the eerie, and the just kind of like, you know, uncomfortable, you know, scenes that you get involved in. And so we're thinking about, you know, through, you know, the grunge scene, there's a ton of, there's a ton of music that can get pretty dark and, and can be really, uh, you know, ominous and, and have those type of, um, you know, melodies to it that, you know, gets you a little uneasy and yeah. they're a little confusing at times. And, and so we compiled a list of a bunch of songs, a few like a bands to mentions. There's a few things that like when I listen to, I just like, you just get a little freaked out. And mm-hmm. um, so we're going to go through a few of these. And I mean, do you, Right at the top of the list, like this is like number one. Yeah, I don't and know, that's the thing. Like, we're this? not we're not talking about the monster mashes of the world, obviously. Like we're coming yeah, to yeah. the chase here. And Ethan, I, I think you're right. I mean, this is the first song that came to mind when we had the idea to do the. This episode. is the only song. And frankly, th- this could be the only entry into this list of spookiest songs from the grunge era. And I know we've been on a little bit of a kick with this song, I think, since we met up in Philly a couple of months ago. <laughs> and uh, that song since was we a, met up with the hat man. Yeah, the hat man was was present. And uh, the soundtrack to the hat man's arrival was Applebite by Soundgarden. And I think this is Soundgarden at their most sinister, their most foreboding, their most um, otherworldly. Um, I've been, I've been on just a huge down on the upside sound. Kick. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's just super echoey and scary. And like, you could listen to the song anytime, anywhere. And it gives you that feeling that there's somebody like just over your shoulder. But like, when you turn around and look, they're not there. Yeah, dude, he is, um, well, not the hat man. Uh, this, this song is, <laughs> uh, it's just like, it sets the scene so well and it's so. Like the guitar just kind of playing throughout the entire song and there's not much lyrics and, and the lyrics are, you know, yeah, it was just extremely kind of scary. Puts you in that, yeah. puts you in that feel. In, in the like way someone's this one, looking after you. Yeah. The, the way this one was recorded too, I think is the cherry on top and just the way that it sounds, you know, and it, it sounds as if like there was a band rehearsing and somebody set up the mics like a couple of rooms over. Um, and it just kind of like echoes a little bit and like the, the vocals kind of linger just a little too long to where they get a little uncomfortable. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is this is just one that is uh, skyrocketing up my personal list of, of of favorites, and as down on the upside has for me uh, in a big way. I'd say the last couple of months. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to like just throw on randomly because it's very it's such a serious song yeah. in a way, or at least like it has like a it has the undertones of being serious oh, yeah. and scary. So it's like mm-hmm. that's something you can just throw on. I don't I don't know when the best time is to listen to it. You know, I will I mean, say we've got we've like, got you, people. You, what, what is the best time to listen to? I mean, to I think it's like, like late at night when you're alone. You know? Yeah. So, so when you're laying in bed and, you, and yeah, you or if you're just like walking bed, down under, a city street, door. like a like an empty city street. Um, and I'll have to say, we Ethan, we have we have a bunch of people take a tough situation and make it worse. Exactly. <laughs> um, we've got a bunch of people in our when life. All that when, yeah. When when these people recommend music to us, they almost always recommend they're like listen to this song but make sure you listen with a good set of headphones right like you got you got to plug in for this yeah. one 
Apple Byte, like I don't face. suggest that all the time. Apple Byte is one of them where I'm like, you need to, you need to listen to Apple Byte with a good set of headphones and like make sure there's like not much other noise in your environment at the time. Uh, you know, turn it up maybe a little louder than you would and just kind of let it let it go go right into your brain there. Um, and I think that is a it's it's the perfect perfect Halloween song. It's the perfect spooky song. It just kind of makes you feel like you're not alone. Which is why you should listen to it when you're objectively alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it it's really it is really um, a cool piece for Soundgarden to uh, release. Like it's very different from a lot of the yeah. stuff you're gonna find. And yeah, absolutely. I, I'd love to hear them talk about it. I would love to find an interview of hearing them talk about uh, why they wrote it. Yeah, basically. and just kind of a, the the lore behind it. If there's you know if there's a deeper there's a deeper element to it like a like a never the machine forever type vibe um yeah, yeah exactly that that's what i was thinking i was surprised that it didn't make the, the list that you came up with right away but yeah i have to say like this is a really good genre for the topic that we're discussing today because a lot of these bands have a lot of elements of just kind of you know spooky and, and foreboding you know aspects to them and Soundgarden certainly does too um i mean i even think of a song like fourth of july i mean that is like that's dark. And there's a lot of darkness in Soundgarden's music. And, and that's the thing, like this, the scariness, I mean, it can, it can come across in, in a lot of different ways and Soundgarden's got it. And I, I think Alice in Chains has it as well. There's something about yeah, Jerry those and are the Lane. Two bands. Yeah. They, they're the standard bearers of, of the popular, most popular bands of the nineties, I would say, um, that kind of carried that torch of just like things that they sound they just sound different and they sound a little scary. And, and those harmonies between Jerry and Lane um, and, and the way Jerry would play guitar, um, you know, thinking of a song like Godsmack and even Heaven Beside You. Um, and it just kind of sounds like the way, um, just the way that they would end a lot of their guitar phrases and their, and their harmony phrasing. Um, it just, it just doesn't sound natural and it sounds like it could be from somewhere else. Um, and Alice in Chains is, mm -hmm. is a perfect band for this time of year as well. So would you put, um, if we had to rank them, top four, you know, Alice in Chains, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam. In terms who's of their at the spookiness? Top? I'd say that probably the bottom, are we, are we put Pearl Jam or Nirvana at the yeah, bottom? Yeah, I don't, do I don't think Pearl Jam. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be a dogfight for the top spot, but I think Pearl Jam would be in the fourth position. Uh, Nirvana would be Yeah, they be probably don't have as me. many. Uh, yeah, they probably don't have as many as Nirvana. Uh, yeah. And then the top two are Alice and Soundgarden. So... Are we leaning one way between the two? Um, then? I feel like I mean, so Alice in Chains doesn't have Apple Bite, right? But the totality of the ca the totality of the catalog would lead me to 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 select Alice in Chains. Um, I always think really? of this, the self titled album as kind of being a great winter album, whereas I'll think about um, I'll think about Facelift as being like a summertime album, and and Dirt kind of fits somewhere in the middle, uh, and and Jar of Flies is just like a night album in my opinion, or a night EP. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, I think I would lean Alice. Yeah. You sound like you might lean Soundgarden. Yeah, I think I might. I mean, just with their kind of their psychedelic side and their, yeah. you know, visual, like mm -hmm. you got Kim, you got Chris, and they look a little more, they're more intimidating and more, and because that has a lot to do with this, I feel like, mm -hmm. um, the way they deliver everything and the way they kind of sing. I mean, so, do, you know, Lane and Jerry are, you know, Lane and Jerry, but I feel like Soundgarden, the way they deliver a lot of their stuff, like it is at boot camp um is on our yeah. list and i mean it is just such a like they have they have these like really drawn out kind of songs and, and riffs that 
are eerie all the time and yeah. i don't know and even it's, a lot of I mean, the it's subject matter. It, I, I, yeah absolutely exactly and I, th- I think their psychedelic side can get pretty scary yes uh, that's the best I way i put it i mean not i mean lane uh, uh alice they have like um you know their acoustic stuff or like their slower stuff is mm-hmm. it's not as um yeah i mean it's not as psychedelic it's not as like uh how do i say it i don't know it's just a little bit more say rock ba- uh, say rock based mm-hmm. where soundgarden i think gets a little more weird yeah there's At a times, lot of weirdness. I don't know. Is that, is that, is that yeah, accurate? I, I think a way that I would want to describe Soundgarden in this capacity, if I could just use one word, um, they operated in the realm of the absurd a lot. And not like, they, as, yeah, they're kind not of as absurd, we commonly use absurd, like, oh, that's an absurd suggestion. But like in like the dictionary, like it's illogical and unreasonable um, and just like arousing amusement and just ridiculous and like prone to yeah. being a catalyst for various delusions. I think um, there's a lot in that. And yeah. even, even away from down on the upside, I mean, a lot of the stuff on bad motor finger um, and, and super unknown. I mean, let's look at the album artwork for super unknown. I mean, if that's not scary, you know, I don't know what is, I mean, they're I mean, a good company, unknown, obviously. With Alice. Like, yeah. Like what you're alive in the super unknown. I mean, that's scary as fuck. I don't want to be alive in the super unknown. I don't want to visit the super unknown. <laughs> I don't want to go there. Or down on the upside. Yeah. Maybe. I don't, be on the <laughs> I don't like, want to encounter a bad motor finger either. I mean, and, and like I said, we're, you know, psychedelics, I mean, and, and the, the core of, of spooky season is seeing things that aren't real. Yeah. And Even I a feel king like animal. You get, What's that? You get a lot. <laughs> Yeah, you get a lot. It you get a lot more into it with the Soundgarden stuff and and lyrics than maybe you do with uh, Alice. All that stuff yeah. is real. Soundgarden yes. stuff is more a little bit the unknown. Well, you think you think even oh. like um like from Bad Motor Finger, like drawing flies or the intro to Searching with My Good Eye Closed, like Do You Hear a Cow? This is my good eye. Like all that stuff and like all of like the screeching pigs and everything. Like it is. I think you may have sold me. Absurd. Uh, yeah, it's absurd. They it, it's they, absurd. they operate like and they're comfortable operating in the realm of the absurd. Whereas a lot of bands, like I think every band has like a track or two like that, where there's like we're gonna do some weird stuff. Which I kind of think like Pearl Jam's got a couple of those things with like the um, you know the red bars yeah. of the world, uh, stupid mop, and just like some different <laughs> bugs, you know, bugs exactly, <laughs> dirty Frank even to an extent. Um, but Soundgarden really like they made it they made it into a craft and like a consistent element of their. Yeah, music. I mean it's one of those things where like oh they play a song you're like okay you know cool i know what you're doing and then all of a sudden you're like four songs and you're like oh wait this is like kind of who they are like they're 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 on this they're on they're down on the upside <laughs> you yeah. know they're yeah, they're exactly. over there yeah exactly so i i, w- I would say th- those two are at the top i think nirvana obviously just because something in the way exists uh and just a lot of their recording techniques particularly when it came to in utero i just think you know they they present a lot of elements to that also the last yeah. track that they did you know you're right i mean that one is kind of scary um and just like it's just like the vocals are just like imagine like hearing that from another room when you thought you were alone you know mm-hmm and I mean, Cobain and the story of Nirvana is a lot more haunting than totally. Pearl Jam's story in a lot of ways. And, right. and yeah. that side of it plays a role. And, and like you said, I mean, I mean, both Soundgarden and uh, Alice Chan's like their band history is a little more involved right. um, than like Pearl Jam, who's still yeah. all present. I, I think, yeah, those us. two bands certainly 
I mean, the top three for sure. I mean, Nirvana, Alice, and Soundgarden, I think they operated in the darkness a, a, a fair bit more right. than, than maybe Pearl Jam did. But I do have to say Pearl Jam, I mean, 10, the 10 album, when you when you get the album and you put on track one of Once, that like instrumental at the beginning that is both the beginning of Once and the end of the studio track of release, that kind of like, like airy, like leaking faucet type dirge that's going on there that's a little spooky yeah. um but then like it's interesting though because it, it's it's spooky and then it gives way to once which is just like a hard driving rock song obviously so you know mm -hmm. i think they kind of visited that neighborhood but Soundgarden and alice and chains were they were they were property owners and, and nirvana was like was renting one of you know one of the buildings so that's how I would kind of that's how I would kind of shape it down. But you know, there's there's other bands too from this era um, that kind of that did a lot of those things as well. I mean, obviously, we would be very remiss if we didn't mention the Melvins, um, even to a lesser extent. I think Mudhoney is involved in that too. Um, you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know musicians from the time that are just like you, you don't want to look at them too long because you know you're 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 a little afraid and i mean maynard james keenan obviously of tool while not being grunge um in that sense i mean he's he's one of them too of just kind of bringing those vibes oh yeah <clears throat> yeah tool i i had to throw them on the list i mean he's one of those guys that like i feel like you go to the concert and he kind of steals your soul yeah uh throughout the concert a few times and the way that he performs is kind of not of this world you mm -hmm. know which i think cornell kind of got into and and right. yeah like buzz like kind of people that kind of like separate from their body and um yeah i mean the melvins um i wrote down uh civilized worm that's just like a like, oh yeah a weird crazy song and it's mm -hmm. one of my favorites by them um and then tool like i mean you have sober which i'm i always think about their music videos because whenever i watch like tool music videos yes and you can throw an aic like their claymation stuff as well like right. that's always really uns unsettling for like just in general like claymation is always like it's just so fragmented that like right it's just a little like your, your brain's not used to you it feel right, disconnected from reality in a little bit of a way yeah so um it was kind of a no-brainer to to think about those two because those when you watch when you watch music videos and you know there's visuals to like what they're singing and the mood like it takes you to a whole nother place of uh you know feeling for the song right and um it just hits it's, it always hits me so weird so hard mm -hmm. yeah yeah i agree and in soundgarden obviously did a lot of that too i i think of obviously black hole sun and even the day i tried yeah. to live jesus christ pose rusty cage is kind of a weird a weird music video situation as well uh, one that i hadn't watched in a while until recently and and, and it's kind of like there was a conscious there was a lot there. of liberties taken oh yeah for the music videos i mean yeah. like well, don't I mean, get even, those even controversial you think of the like, video like the famous jeremy, jeremy video yeah. and and for me like i knew of the song jeremy for a long time before i knew what it was about so you imagine turning on mtv and, and like course. oh shit jeremy jeremy music video and like not knowing what the song was about and especially the the unedited version at the end when you get you know the the blood splatter and everything that's going on at the end i mean there's a lot that's very very unsettling uh, about a lot of these songs and and that's a good point you know the music video is kind of like another avenue to to get that message across where you know if you're 
if you're listening and you're listening to to the way the instruments sound, you might not be tuned into what the message or what they're trying to convey. Uh, but then when you when you get a music video going on like that, it's like okay, let's like I'm I'm watching it right now, and this is this is what the band wants me to glean from this song. Yeah, this is what the artist exactly. This mm-hmm. is what the artist had yeah. in mind when they were writing yeah. this. And that's why I yeah, always love exactly. music videos too, because I mean, with with every artist, you have varying degrees of of forthcomingness about what they wrote the songs about. Um, and, you know, there's artists that are like, you know, I, I don't talk about what I wrote the songs about because it doesn't matter. It's about what you get out of it. But when you're putting together a music video, that is, that's a message that you're sending. And, and it's, I think in a lot of ways, it could be a lot easier to interpret um, than some lyrics because words can mean anything, right? Depending on your state of mind or anything. Um, and that's what Lane Staley said about Man in the Box. He's like, you know, I think it's about censorship, but you know, when I was writing it, it meant something entirely different because I was really stoned, you know, but when you make a music video, um, it's, it's just another avenue to get that message across. Um, and I think a lot of times with these artists, um, if you ever go on a dive to try to learn about it (laughs) after your investigation, you're left with more questions than answers. It it keeps you coming back though. And and I think that's the greatest gift. I mean, shit, here we are 30 years later and we're talking about this stuff and it's, and it's exciting and it's stimulating and, and we still don't have these answers and I don't want the answers. It's like the dog catching, chasing the mail truck. Like you, you, like you might catch it, but you kind of, you kind of hope you don't. Yeah. What's the fun in that? Exactly. Exactly. It's all about the chase. I see. You wrote down something that I don't, I don't think you brought it up when you're talking about Pearl Jam, but he brought up stupid mop. And I thought this was a great choice. A great, like, and I, I I had to listen to it back and, and I was, cause I, I'm not well versed in the stupid mop zones. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I'm not well versed in the stupid mops of the world, (laughs) but this is, (laughs) but this song is, it has like, I mean, an easy way to make a song really scary is to have kind of like, people talking in the background yes. like while stuff the chaos is going on basically and people are using megaphones or whatever and um yeah this song is like a lot of that i mean i think it's i don't know it's it's kind of long it's like a little bit longer than you, i think it's like seven minutes it's like a little bit longer than you'd expect and it's kind of just wildness this and song this and, song is fucked up like, like if, if like this is one of those things if, if me and you were at a bar we're having a good time. We were drinking, and but then all of a sudden it's like two a.m. and this song this would came kill on the in vibe. the bar. <laughs> well, yeah, this is obviously kill the vibe. <laughs> the vibe, but it would also shambles. send it would send me and Chris into a, a like a, a downward spiral of like like we would be so confused why this song is playing and like so yeah. maybe so this maybe is so this much. is not this is not the song to have sprung on you if you if you've taken shrooms within the last six hours of your life. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like this. Yeah, this, this would ho- not is be this holiday. Way. Is Halloween based around psychedelics? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's, well what, I think be, that's right? what we're getting at. I think that's what we're getting to. Like, this this is a psychedelic. Well, I mean, if, uh, if it is, I, if it is, Ethan, I could see a path where I could begin to enjoy Halloween a little bit more than I do currently. <laughs> is, There's is, always is that the possibility. Man, is the Hat Man Chris Kringle of? Halloween right. like <laughs> yeah who knows and the crazy thing about stupid mop so evidently um the 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 spoken voice recordings that are a part of it um evidently they came from tapings um of a news segment that Eddie Vedder recorded when he was 17 years old I don't know how they survived I don't know what that process looked like but that's where it comes from but it's just it's just weird and and I think a lot of a lot of these songs like seem like a conscious choice of like okay whatever the listener is expecting next let's do the exact opposite of that 
And, yeah. you know, and, and I mean, Pearl Jam by this point, you know, by Vitalogy, they, you know, they've got two albums under their belt. They're one of the biggest, you know, music, music, uh, you know, brands in the world. And they have the latitude to put something like this on an album. Uh, and I'm glad they did because it mm -hmm. adds, it adds to the whole picture. And it's like, all right, like these aren't the only, you know, this is these like arena rockers, but like they can be pretty fucked up if they want to. <laughs> So I think we're I think we're all a little yeah. fucked up at some point or another. Like we we've all got the, we've all yeah. got some of this in us at some point. In the words of of Drew McFadden, when they're a little fucked up and they're a little sober, <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden Gavin Rossdale of Bush comes out again because there's always the chance that later on Gavin in the episode, Rossdale is back. Yeah, it's like you know how like when you when you're watching the meteorologist and he's giving the forecast like oh there's like a twenty percent chance of rain on Friday and it's like eight days from now it's like it probably isn't gonna happen but like there's <laughs> there's always that chance. There's always a chance. Yeah. yeah. There's always the chance. There's always a chance. Yeah. There's a couple <laughs> other ones that I want to briefly mention. I mean, obviously. Uh, as a uh, you know, an, an offshoot of, of all of his work with Alice in Chains, a lot of Jerry Cantrell's solo stuff, um, Degradation Trip. I mean, especially the album cover, even Boggy yeah. Depot. Um, his his guitar yeah. his guitar ability uh, and just way to convey those feelings. Um, he is a master of that. I think up there with the best of them. You know, I think of a song, even just like the guitar riff to cut you in. Like it just it it it, it sounds unsettling. And there's there's examples of mm -hmm. that all throughout his solo catalog. Um, additionally, and the drumming. I think the drumming is really important. That's a good of point. How it yeah. makes it like because it's it's kind of like this like it like it's kind of like a dropped out like floor tom with like the uh, the bell of the ride symbol mm -hmm. yeah. and. Um, yeah, it like for me that song, uh, it has like very like intro like beginning levels of your like murder mystery. It's mm -hmm. not like the it's not the apple bite. It's not the climax of like what's gonna happen. Right. But like it's like when everybody's like you know it's at an underage everybody's at an underage party or people are partying in the in the in the uh, movie and like things are getting a little weird. Like cut you in comes on. Yes, I think and then that's it gets really and it gets point. weird from there. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely would agree with that. Another song that I would like to mention, um, it, particularly for the beginning of it, is um, from Mark Lanigan's Whiskey for the Holy Ghost album, uh, and it's called The River Rise. It is the opening track, and the beginning part of it is is like... Um, uh, it's like one of those music boxes um, and evidently as the legend goes like this music box or like jacket whatever it was was hanging around in the studio and Jay Maskus was working on the album and and, the, and a deal was brokered that it was like of course hey, like, he was yeah <laughs> he was if you're recording an album between 1991 <laughs> and 1998 like Jay Maskus was in the studio like Jay Maskus opens the door. Hey, you guys recorded an album? Can <laughs> I like, help? I heard it. Yeah, it's like it's like if an album is recorded, but Jay Maskus wasn't around. Like, did you really do it? Did it ever happen? Yeah. Um, so evidently, he was in the studio, and and they decided to. Um, they were like fucking around with this music box or whatever toy. I, I forget the, specifically what it was. I haven't read Mark's memoir in a bit I'm, I'm due for like my fourth reread of it um but they decided to include it um on on the album but as the opening like piece of the album uh and it's really good and it kind of mm -hmm. gives away river rise is such a beautiful song and it really um really sets the stage i mean mark was in you know completely in the throes of addiction and this album took him 
many, like it took him three years to make, uh, and you know, he almost threw out the masters of it once because he was going through a lot of different stuff and, you know, his brain and, 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 and he was not, you know, he was not grounded in a lot of ways because of all of the, the drugs that he was consuming at the time. Uh, and you know, this whole album and, and a lot of what he was going through, it's a weird place to probably inhabit on the daily. Um, and, and this album is, uh, he wanted to kind of make it as like his version of Van Morrison's Astral Weeks. Um, in this album, you, you can totally feel that when you listen to this record. Um, and, uh, you know, it starts off with a very, very kind of weird, um, weird beginning, which is strange because the album is beautiful. It's so well done. There's so many beautifully delicate songs on there. Um, but it's just, it sets the stage. I think without that, you would think of the record maybe a little bit differently. You know, when you drop the needle on this and you hear this weird shit going on before the river rise kicks in, um, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a table, it's a table setter. And that's another, you know, another thing that you can use to convey whatever you're trying to convey. Yeah. And his, I mean, his voice in general, like the deep, side of it the bass and the baritone that he offers is Mm -hmm. you know gonna add that spookiness to or the yeah add that like level of unrest i guess when you're listening to it or sincerity like it always seems very serious when he's singing absolutely yeah like listening to this song it kind of like is that because yeah you know, it's a lot, you know, the guitar is really light, but then his voice is like so mm-hmm. down. He low. had, until he died, he had that type of voice that if, if you heard it, you just felt inclined to stop whatever you were doing and, and listen in. Yeah. Um, and kind of like, really, yeah, tune really in. Did. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 that, and I think that's, you know, a great example of it, the river rise. Um, and it's definitely on my list that of re- kind of spooky songs. Yeah. And uh, kind of going off of that, another band that I want to talk about that I don't think you have a ton of experience with, Chris. I think I know where you're going with this, okay. and, I, and I don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and they're a band that like I've I've checked out a few times. They're not like one of my favorites, but Swans has like this. Their their singer, uh, their lead guy, Michael Jira. He is. He has this like uh, this vocal side of him that's extremely low end as well, and it's very spooky. And they once, you know, described the band or like they described swans, the uh, the animal as like very majestic, beautiful looking creatures with really ugly temperaments. Mm-hmm. And I like that's that. kind of how their music goes. Yeah. yeah, and they have like some really like eerie and like. Uh, I mean, you have to listen to them, I guess, but they're like, I know it's like, one you can't, you like, can't, and, yeah. and you're exactly right. And you're kind of like, like, all right, is this their thing? And then you listen to a few more songs, like, okay, this is their thing. Like mm. they, they, they're very, this is like, what they do. It's like, it's like an ugly temperament. Yeah. And they have a ton of, um, you know, and they've been around for a long time. They were like, they, they, uh, came together in the eighties, maybe like 86 or something. Yeah. 1982. And, uh, they broke up. 82 yeah even yeah. a little older long time and they broke up for a little bit and came back and they have a few more albums that came out recently um before 2017 or something and uh they're pretty sweet i'm i'm i'm, I'm looking to get into them a little bit more they just and, put out an um, album earlier this year yeah yeah exactly and so there's some new music which is cool but um i'd have to go back to the early days of course and uh yeah, dude, th- those like low voices, and they remind me of an or- Orville Peck, sure, um, kind of a you know more recent guy, and he kind of has that like uh, it's like 
it's not country, but it's like Western cowboy yeah. country kind of influence and, for sure. Yeah, and and he has like this very deep voice, mm-hmm. like, and it's 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 very compelling. Those yeah. type those because there's not many people that can sing like that. So you right. have Mark, you know this, you know Michael Jira or Orville Peck, like these guys, they have like a different side of music that you don't you don't get every day. Yeah, you don't you don't hear so it all. The they're time. really compelling. Yeah, you're yeah. actually responsible for the uh, the only swan song that I can from memory recall that I really like, actually. Um, in 2020, I, I was in the throes of the big sad, and you sent me a song of theirs called No Cure for the Lonely, which is off their 1992 album, oh, yeah. Love of Life. Um, and yeah, the, the guitar and, 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 and Michael's voice are so complimentary of one another, and it, it's like how to make a bad situation worse. You throw on No Cure oh, for yeah. the Lonely. <laughs> And because uh, they're really sorry, they're, sorry for that. There one. really is no cure. Yeah, Ethan, you took a bad time in my life and you contributed <laughs> to it becoming worse. How does that make you feel as my friend? It's funny. I would have done the it same thing me... for you. It's important. You got to do yeah. that. You got to inhabit that space. You know, and the, the way that I found this band, this is a good shout out and somebody that I, I would love to actually bring on the pod. Um, Nuke, the, the at the handle is nuke seattle yeah and they posted they posted that song um back in the day and and they're like they kind of do the same thing we do but like with you know the sonic use and the swans of the world and uh he's way he's only got like 3800 followers but he's like totally a music guy you know i don't don't know yeah and we've we've done a few we've done a few like shared posts or we've we've talked about him and posted with him um right and I re- one time I reached out to him, but he was really, you know, life is hectic and busy. Yeah, thing, things have been really <laughs> crazy lately. Um, but he has a great, uh, great ear for music. And, and this is one song, yeah, No Cure for the Lonely came up and it was pretty, it was pretty great. So, um, yeah, a little shout out there. That's awesome. So we've, we've got a, we, we covered a lot of ground there, a lot of different bands uh, to serve as your soundtrack for the coming days with the, uh, with the Halloween holiday coming up a day after this podcast comes out. Uh, Ethan, um, we were discussing. I got this, one more. I was going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm basically, this is the point in the episode where I'm turning the, uh, the floor over to you because I know there's a few things that you would like to talk about. <laughs> Well, absolutely. Uh, b- before I get to that, I do want to wrap up one more thing in music. That if we're talking about scary bands and spooky and like the grunge grunge scene and, or all this stuff, um, there's one band that absolutely takes the cake for me and is the top of the list. It's the most frightening band that you could listen to. Uh, music videos, uh, lyrics, just the chaos that is involved in their music. Right, and that is no doubt Avenged Sevenfold. These guys, if you guys have ever listened to Avenged Sevenfold, they are just, it's just crazy because he has this really strong voice that kind of cuts through and it's pretty deep and he kind of like talks through like this chaos that is like double bass pedals plus there's like, it is a little piece of heaven is like actually terrifying uh, song. It's like eight minutes and it's, it's like the more the most scariest experience that I, because that I had when I was like a teenager listening to that. There's like, like I said, there's like double bass, but there's also like horns and like kind of like ska and like open hi-hat stuff going on. So it's like, it's just like that really chaotic, like circus sound, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. But then it's like really deep and like, and it is, Drew, me and Drew used to listen to them. 
and they have this song called Nightmare. It's really good, and it's just like so deep. And then like they are hands down the most <laughs> Halloween band. Like wh- however you want to say it, like is the perfect soundtrack. They're freaking crazy. Absolutely. And also, like there's a sad story along with along with their band as well. Like, um, one of their members passed away. Uh, so, yeah. You know, there's there's lore to them as well. Right. As there but, tends to be. I don't even know where to go with this next uh, part. This is the last part before we do songs of the week. Um, I had I had a good Friday night. <laughs> this will just we'll just go for it. Had had a solid Friday night. It was a solo solo journey, um, if you know what I mean. And yeah, uh, Chris had posted. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> you know the roommate roommate went home to the family, and I'm just up there. And you know, Friday nights, you know, if I'll be honest, you know, Friday nights are kind of the scariest of the week. You know, they can like be. everybody. They, I think they're the hardest, the hardest nights of the week. Sometime when you're when they you're can home be really hard Friday to navigate night. on your own. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. And this is uh, one of those times. I mean, I was at the gym until like eight, so I came back a little later, had some leftovers, and um, you know, I was just yeah, I was on a solo journey, and all of a sudden, yeah, I popped on, I popped on the gram and saw Chris had posted Los Lonely Boys, uh, Heaven, and. It really caught my attention. So I, I just want to shout out Chris. What a great post. You always seem to deliver when we need something. When we need exactly this. Oh like yeah. What 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 made you post this first off? Because it, um, so, it was it was it's a very it, you know, I'm not even sure exactly where they fit in the music scene, but there they you know, there they were. Yeah. You know? So uh it's it, there's a couple pieces to this, but the the simplest version is that I had heard the song earlier in the day. I was listening to one of my old playlists that I used to use when I was training for my marathon and it was all kind of like more upbeat type stuff and heaven by Los Lonely Boys made its way on. So I was in the car and uh, a lot of times if I'm in the car listening, I'm like, oh shit, I should post that later. I just take a screenshot of it. So I remember when I get home uh, and I did that and I was sitting, sitting at home last night, like around 10, 15, I was like, that's right. I, I'm going to post Los Lonely Boys. So I did it. I posted that same video like three years ago uh, and the reaction was very similar. You know, people, I mean, you got to get down for the Los Lonely Boys. And this song was an absolute powerhouse of uh, of FM radio when I was growing up. I heard this thing all the time in the car. Um, so it kind of makes me think back to that. And I figured it would be a great song. And I remembered specifically that uh, that performance was from Farm Aid 2003. And I remember when I saw it the first time, like four or five years ago or whatever, they fucking slammed it like there's only three of them there's only three lonely boys um you know there's two here right now but there's there's three in the band and um yeah man it was just such a great performance and i i I couldn't decide because the whole song's great i was like i'm not posting the whole song so i had to decide which part to post so i decided to take like right after two minutes though yeah like right after the bridge ends into the end of the song but because it was live they kind of extended the the outro jam a little bit and i was like i can't I can't cut this off. Like I wanted to chop it, but I was like, I, I just can't. I would be doing a disservice to everybody. Um, so I just left it all. And then I got a, uh, I got a text message from you uh, shortly after, um, shortly after I had posted it, uh, which was good. So you, you had obviously, minutes, yeah, <laughs> you had obviously seen it. Um, and I think you texted me. You just said, "How far is heaven?" And I was like, "I just want to know how far." <laughs> and then, and then we were off to the races, and you were like, "That jam just set me on fire." Um, you know, those guys were it laying really it down did. and it was exactly what I needed. And I'm glad it was what you needed and it could be, you know, maybe more people. It's what they needed. It really was something once, you know, they started going and then they hit that end of the song jam that took them to the finish line. Mm-hmm. And it was, 
so powerful for a three-person band. It really was special. I watched it like three times on the phone, like while I was like trying to text you simultaneously. I just, right. It just like kept replaying, and I was like, I got to take this to the big screen. Yeah. So I pulled it up on the YouTube TV or the YouTube on the TV, <clears throat> and uh, and it it was everything I everything I expected. Yeah. Um, little did I know, then the algorithm set in, and the next song that came on was the Marshall Tucker Tucker Band. Can't you see? And another just, I mean, un, unreal video, really. Yeah. Just an unreal. Yeah, absolutely unreal. <laughs> just an yeah, this, absolutely this, this, unreal. This was, a, this was a big hit. Yeah, this was a hitter. It was, it was black and white. They had the, you know, as far as film goes, they were doing like the the multiple pictures over top of each other. So you saw like, you know, that they weird the shit harmonies. they used to do in the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. They, they love like the 50%, 50% of each overlaid. Yeah. And uh, during the harmony stuff, so while people were singing together, the audio was like, the audio was so crisp, but also like it was clearly old audio. Yeah. So like the drums and like it had this echo and like it just had like this really awesome sound, like old sound, but it was very clear. I'll tell you, and they were the vocals, plugged into that bassist. And then, oh my God. And the bass, yeah, literally. <laughs> I like it was it was a longer you know it was probably like a six minute like live performance and like I I was listening I was stuck on the bass and I was and I'm yeah. a drummer so I like the rhythm and I was like totally I never wanted to become like a, a bassist more in my life I was like I I think I need to learn the bass yeah. I was like this is the time where like I like I pick up another instrument it happens that would to be, be a great origin because, story because there's no because because like. You can play with the best of them, like obviously these songs like are some of the best in the world, and you can play right. like single single notes, so like you don't need to play chords. And I don't think I have the dexterity for chords, but yeah. I do. I can move up up and down the neck. So I'm like, okay, this is right in my zone. Like I got I got like the rhythm and yeah. the thumb side of it, where I don't need to like pick as much and really yeah. be like, a, like the right you know, hand is finger, ready for a it. finger Just guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I think I need to play some bass, and um. You know, when that finished up, then if if we're just gonna keep going with this, um Let's do it. the next song that came on the next song that came on was Eagle, it was Hotel California. And naturally I thought about the big Lebowski and I was like, No wonder or, like that he hated these guys. These guys suck. <laughs> but it was but it was yeah. a live performance from like, you know, somewhere in the seventies and all of a sudden like they're playing the solo and it was like you know, and it's 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 regarded as one of the best. Like when people do like countdowns for top five hundred rock songs on your local radio, there, it's for always July, it's, it's always like it's always like twenty. It's gonna be top like five. It's, it's so high. No, oh, it's like yeah, top five. It's yeah. like legit, like number one. I mean, it's yeah. either Stairway, yeah, the Suitcoats like Freebird, love Hotel or Hotel California. California. Yeah, those are the, those are the three, and it just depends who's voting. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and um, but that solo, the solo is is really beautiful. The dueling guitars, I mean, it's it's something special, yeah. obviously, especially when you're in the zone. And uh, like, I mean, obviously, it's it's a song that's been played a ton. But I was right. thinking about, I was like, man, how revolutionary! I would have loved to be there when it first started. Like, yeah. what it would it be to be a diehard Eagles fan from the get go? Right. And uh, so I was in, I was in that for a little bit. Yeah. And then like all of a that. sudden, I was like, I thought I could conquer music theory. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure it all out. I was like, give, and give I, a man a Friday night to himself, and all of a sudden, he's gonna rewrite the book all of a sudden, on music I was like, theory. I, yeah, I was like, I was like, man, I've heard music theory thrown around. I was like, I don't know much about it because I'm a drummer, so like, well, the I know music, thing, but like, I'm yeah. a very basic side of yeah. it. You know, well, what I what I need to explain is like 
music theory is something that which you have absolutely no experience whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, all I know is every good boy deserves fudge. That's and all like, you need to know, man. Uh, yeah, and so I thought I thought maybe we'd be going off of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I mean, but I'm I mean I'm the only thing I know is Eddie Eddie ate dynamite. Goodbye, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm starting in the back of the line because i'm a drummer right and i don't know like but um so i look it up and then all of a sudden victor uh it was victor wooten explains music theory in five minutes it was like perfect five minutes yeah. i got that's i got all, that attention that's span. All take, I, was I, like, promise. I was like i i yeah i was like i'm gonna get a really good grasp and like tomorrow i'm gonna like i'm gonna figure this out i'm gonna be, i'm gonna become a bass player like a session yeah. bass player yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um lo and behold like i i was a little confused and it was a little bit above my pay grade um that's okay, but victor though. wooten he's like one of those bass players that he's just a virtuoso mm -hmm. and just incredibly incredibly gifted in and like i do believe that like my kid when i have a kid i'm definitely gonna have him get into music early so i think the yeah. understanding of music and the notes is something that like i'm a music guy but i also like i said i'm a drummer so it's more about like quarter notes and whatnot it's not really scales and octaves mm -hmm. and i i don't comprehend that well and it kind of right. kills me because i feel like i'm i don't know i just i just wish i was versed in you know the music language like right. that and yeah. like i can't like what and drew's talked about it with us like producers like when when artists comes in and, and they're like i want it to sound like and they kind of like da, 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 and they say it and then like drew can translate that and right. put it and he can actually do it and that's what it is like i hear things in my head but i have no way of like putting it down or no way of like creating it totally so, like i feel a little left out when it comes mm -hmm. to that um what is your what is your before i continue on what is your like i mean because you've been playing guitar for a little bit like do you feel like you has it been because and and this is what they say people people talk about how you have to learn music like early on right so you probably started when you were 22 yeah, like 20, 20, 19, 20, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So I will explain it this way. I think I know what you're How hard at. was it? Yeah. Um, I'll put it this way. Uh, it was not hard at all to learn like the basic stuff, like the chord shapes, like like I'm I'm a I'm a How I'm a left handed I'm a left handed guitarist, so I, I strum with my left hand and like um it was not hard to like get the rhythm down of that, but like I feel the same way when it comes to my guitar playing as I do. Uh, and I think about it the same way as it would be like, if I tried to get into skiing now, for example, like I feel like it's just something that like, if I was going to do it and develop a level of skill um, requisite with where like, I would like to be like, I had to have started a long time ago. And obviously like, I don't put the time in, like I, I don't, um, I, I don't research, I don't read, um, you know, I, I don't know music theory. Uh, I don't know what the chords are. I don't know any of that shit. Um, so like, I've just been like the same skill level of guitar player for the past, like four years. Like I made all of my gains in the first year and a half basically, and I haven't gotten any better, yeah. but I'll put time into it. Um, but it was, it was very easy at the beginning. Um, and I, and it was encouraging obviously because it feels good to improve. But then like, once I reached the part where like I needed another ingredient, I didn't feel like taking the time to shop for that ingredient. So I was like, all right, like I'm just not making the meal then. Yeah. Yeah. You can follow along and learn song. Yeah. And, and that's why like when I hear like Victor Wooten or I'm, I'm watching the Eagles, you know, play these solos and I'm like, they understand the language of music, right? Mm -hmm. They're mute. They're moving up and down the neck. Like, 
Like they, yeah. it's it's second nature. Like it's just well, a language. Well, I'll put it this way. Them. Remember uh, a couple summers ago when I came, I brought my guitar and you and I jammed with Andy, and like Andy was trying to explain a song to me uh, as you would to somebody who understands music. And I'm like, I'm like Andy, like I don't know what you're like, just like like show me what the chords are, and I will do it because I don't know what you mean. I don't know what they're. I don't know what. I, it's like speaking a different language. I just I don't yeah. I haven't learned it. Yeah, exactly. And and there's like artists today i feel like i mean as far as writing out your music like people write a song they're not going to write out like exactly like somebody else's job well i mean do people even do it i mean can you get you're asking the wrong person (laughs) i mean for my debut album i didn't (laughs) and like i mean i mean when people look up like taps or like tabs uh, you know get tabs not taps tabs (laughs) for guitars like i mean that's not like, you know, that's not like the musical notes and chords and right. stuff. It's kind of like just on the fretboard, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's way different. And I feel like, you know, people, you can bypass like the understanding of music. Yeah. And uh, so obviously, as you can tell, I was in a deep hole for the music scene yeah. and the music world and like trying to figure it out. And like, I was a little upset that um, I didn't like pursue some, maybe some more music stuff. And then all of a sudden like the next it was like so victor wooten finished that and then he all of a sudden it was victor wooten's commencement speech for uh university of vermont's yeah. like arborist or herbitis like club i'm not even i'm not even sure it was like a nature nature school and um he played the bass the entire time and he was like you know i'm not big on speeches so i'm just gonna talk to you and so he just like played this like really elaborate bass parts for like 25 minutes while talking over and i was like this guy gets music on like a level that is like so it's such a small amount of people that can get to this level. He he gets it to the level it. that it almost feels like he created it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like, a great way to put it. Like it's it's like <laughs> exactly. so it's, it's like such a part of him that it's like like he he cre- like is if somebody like devised a language and it's like yeah, like I just yeah. this is just what I do. Like I this is this is yeah. me. Like <laughs> Yes, exactly. And I'm like you know that is such oh my gosh it, it's, it's so cool because when you know and like when you do know something to that level you can actually discover things you right. know what i mean like you know if you have a general basic idea of something you're not going to discover something or you're not going to know you're going to have to like stumble upon something right um but he knows what he's looking for and you can find the holes and stuff and, and he has the know-how it was, to get it was there. incredible and like i just pictured like you know me and you like at this school and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, Victor Wooten's a speaker. Pretty cool. And then this dude comes up and, and like, he's playing like five minutes, like talking. Yeah. And all of a sudden he goes in like a two minute bass solo. Yeah. And you're just like, we would just look at each other. Like we'd probably laugh pretty hard. Like, yeah. what is this guy doing? But it was Absolutely. a really good speech. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, that's it, what it, I'm doing. Once I get off of this uh, podcast, I'm, I'm, I, I, I really, Chris, I, yeah. I need you to watch it so I can like, I'm gonna watch. I need yeah, to so you have somebody else. I need a soundboard. I need a soundboard right now. Like, yeah, I'll be happy that. to do that. And I was gonna send it to the GB Pod with, because um, I feel like Drew should listen to it as well because um, he will appreciate it um, a great deal. Yeah, so, that's a cool. lot of Drew talk. Shout out to Drew a McFadden, of, our producer. Shout out to Drew McFadden. That guy, shout out to Gavin Rossdale. Happy birthday, Gavin! But especially yeah, Drew. Happy birthday, Gavin. Drew was right when he said Gavin Rosso would show up later in the pod. Yeah. Just was a couple episodes deeper. Exactly. 
Well, Ethan, we covered a lot of ground today. Uh, I think yeah, I feel like that's all I got. Yeah, I think that was it. That was that was insightful. Uh, That was stimulating. Um, It was great, and I'm I'm glad I'm a better person because of that podcast episode that we just did. Yeah, who knew the Grunge Bible podcast got into music theory and. it's no. like you see all these people hawking like music theory classes, you know, on on social media. Like just just listen to this episode. Um, you know, you'll we'll, we'll give you everything, you, everything you need. You need uh, and the last thing that you need or you may want would be songs of the week. Um, so before we dispense with that, we'd just like to thank everybody if you're still with us for listening, uh, for all of your support, whether it's listening, sharing it with a friend, sharing it on social media, uh, buying our merch, becoming a Patreon supporter, uh, leaving a review, uh, sending us a nice message, a good suggestion. Any and all of that is very helpful to us and continues to help us make this show uh, better and make it into what you all would like it to be so thank you for that uh and songs of the week time ethan i will give you the first pick if you are prepared and if you're excited about a song yeah i have um a few songs to pick with and i'm i'm wondering are you gonna stay in the realm of spooky season chris um i wasn't going to but i i feel like i have to because of how excited i was about some of the songs yeah so i think i'm gonna go with um something in that realm as well. So I have two songs that I'll, I'll have to you know, put to the back burner. Okay. And so um, my song is Blind by Swans. Nice. And um, yeah, it's, it's really good. It has this, um, you know, it's just like kind of drum beat that's like all snare with like a picking, guitar, a picking acoustic guitar behind it. And then his vocals kind of come and it's just, it's kind of very like, a floating song and right uh pretty serious at the same time so yeah it's just a really really solid song nice i like that you'll like it's gonna be a good one yeah i I need to get more into swans and this will be a good uh a good launching point i never thought i would just say what i just said i need to get more into swans Uh, i know man then then i've done i've done a lot of different things that i never thought i would do because of this page in this podcast (laughs) um that's for the off-camera conversation ethan maybe that's a patreon discussion anything for anything for a vote <laughs> all right my song of the week uh i have no further thoughts on it but it is apple bite by Soundgarden. you know why that's my song of the week the apple is low-hanging fruit <laughs> exactly man so thank you all for joining us uh we hope your october was lovely and we hope november is everything that you want it to be uh we will be back on the uh in a week's time i guess right we have to yeah man every Shit. every monday baby god damn all yeah, right dude go to a halloween party go to a halloween party and make sure you bring a sack of apples so you can do a uh what do you how do you call it what apple bobbing uh, yeah bob bobbing for apples exactly. that's not a halloween thing apple though, bite is it? apple bite apple biting apple bobbing yeah, yeah whatever what do you mean it's not a halloween thing what else would it be for i don't know i thought it was like a generic party thing generic you're not gonna do that for christmas <laughs> there's, no, there's no other i mean no like i'm talking like, like when you, funerals when and you wakes, said it you know when you <laughs> when you said it i questioned myself i was like oh shit did i mess that yeah, up I don't know what, but what other about. holiday would you yeah, do apple bobbing for ethan i, 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 I want to be done with this let's get out of here all right thank you everybody for listening please <laughs> share and, and follow and like and we will talk to you guys next week same time thanks same everybody place. stay heavy 
Take care.